Welcome to the Photography Opinion Podcast. We discuss all things photo, video, and camera related. I'm Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlantis. And this is PhotoLog. Welcome to the show. As promised last time, today we're going to talk about backdrops. Sometimes you're taking a photo and you need something behind your subject. Who'd have thunk? <laughs> so we're nah, going to talk I, about that. Never, 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 <laughs> ever. I, the, I always get so close that you can never see my subject's hairline, chin, or ears. That every photo. There, that's it. The pro move is to shoot them just any old place and then and then cut them out in photoshop and place them into whatever location you want right <laughs> that's how you do it i hate you get out <laughs> especially against really like detailed textures behind them so it's i've really been like... asked to do that so many times <laughs> anyway make it easier on yourself and oh. put together some sort of backdrop solution and we're going to help you figure out what backdrop you should choose we're gonna talk today. backdrops today it's gonna be pros <laughs> and cons materials supports colors gels things we like things we hate yep it'll it'll be a ride <laughs> yeah it'll be a it'll be a good one <laughs> so i guess we should start with uh materials huh there's all sorts of different things are, that you can are. make your backdrop out of um what do you what's your favorite material backdrop material right off the bat Okay, favorite. Uh, my favorite material is the pop-up. So it is a cloth backdrop that is basically on this, um, uh, you know, like the hampers like that collapsed that you had in college. Yeah. yeah, like a big frisbee. It's kind of like your um, reflector disc that collapses down, yeah. except when it pops up, it turns into a rectangle instead of a circle. Ooh, um, I, I really like those because they generally always retain uh, their shape without having too many wrinkles. Or the rink. Of course, you have one on your desk. We made bets about this two videos ago. <laughs> what thing would you have on your desk? I think I screwed it up last episode. I don't think I had anything to show on my desk. But this is basically what a pop up is in a very small form. Yep. And then poof. Yeah. There you go. So it is one of those, but like five to seven feet tall. Um. <laughs> So um, I I use those uh, most because they travel really well without needing to bring, like, a steamer or something. Um, they're really easy to set up. Um, they're pretty low maintenance in terms of uh, the requirements. There's a lot of different ways to mount them support-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, when I was starting out, I bought so many of them because I'm an idiot and I like to buy things. So did I. <clears throat> <laughs> it's all good. Um, I th- yeah, and and the funny thing about it, too, is I apparently didn't have enough. So the past couple of years, I've bought more of them. But, you know, they're they're good. I like them. For reference, because we actually, I don't think, said um, what I did for the um, audio-only listeners is I held up a little, like, focus <laughs> slash um, oh, white balance they card. Know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it went floosh. Yeah. That's some like um, ASMR photo gear in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh no, the 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 pop-ups pop-ups are um, great, but once they get over a certain size, they get nearly impossible to collapse again. You're you have to like look up videos like how do I you're, you're Oh, on, I am a master set. at do doing do that. <laughs> I am a master at doing that, but it takes a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is when I started photography and I started buying these pop-ups, uh I lived in 165 square feet. Um, my bed touched, uh, basically the wall on three sides and the, 
head of it touched the foot of my couch and the foot of it touched my TV. Like it was, it was insanely small. And, uh, I would do photo shoots in the hallway and the hallway for reference was maybe about three feet by three feet. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I would pop up one of these things and then not have enough room in the hallway to bring. So I'd bring it in and try and collapse it without like taking everything off my desk in the process. Nice. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so pop ups. That's your that's your kind of favorite. That, both yeah, that's kind of my, that's kind of my go to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so the the next one um, would definitely have to go to vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it, but I don't own one because they're expensive. So pros and cons of vinyl. Um, the pro is that um, when paper gets dirty, you cut it off and you throw it away. When mm-hmm. vinyl gets dirty, you wipe it down. You can use cleaning solutions. Vinyl is infinitely reusable. Mm-hmm. However, uh, what is $60 in paper is like $400 in vinyl which yeah. is why I don't have one yet. Like the cheapest <laughs> the cheapest roll of vinyl I've seen is upwards upwards of like 200 bucks and a a really nice But it's not long enough for me because yeah. I want a full sweep. Oh yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying like the cheapest one is like yeah. $200 and that's that's not even close yeah. to the equivalent of a paper one that's like 60 bucks in comparison. So yeah, vinyl yep. is really cool. Don't crease it because that could actually ruin it. Um but and it will never be the same. Yeah, yeah. but they're awesome like if you can afford it vinyl is really sweet if if you never travel with it and it is a it is a staple that never leaves your studio vinyl's Mm -hmm. amazing yeah um but it's very difficult to transport without damaging um at least in my experience um so the next one uh and the one that whenever i've ever worked in a a studio um they always use paper so Mm -hmm. Uh, I am cheap. <laughs> so I tried to reuse thrifty. my paper as often at thrifty frugal. Um, I tried to reuse my paper as much as I possibly can and get as much life of it as possible. And it makes me cry mm. to cut my paper and throw that dirty part away. But that that's kind of the nature of it. You just, it's disposable after mm. a while. It just gets so messed up. You can't use it. Uh, that said, it's real cheap. And if you have paying clients, you put the cost of the paper into the shoot. So let's just say right now, let's say you charge like $100 for a photo shoot and every client you do screws up, you know, $10 uh, or 10 feet worth of paper. Well, then if a roll of 100 feet is, let's say, just for easy math, this is probably absolutely wrong. (laughs) If a roll of 100 feet is $100, then your 10 feet is $10. So now your $100 shoot is now $110. See, see how that's working. So, um, yeah, if you, if you use paper, you have to consider it uh, ex- expendable mm-hmm. um, and kind of just build that into your costs. But uh, otherwise, it's great. And then with paper, there's so many options with, like, colors, which I know we'll get to later. Yep, yep. Yeah, paper's pretty good. Um, if you do buy rolls of paper, um, store them vertically. I just bought some rolls of paper, and Ben was like, hey make sure you have those vertically <laughs> yeah so so funny story so. <laughs> um i have an old roll of blue that was stored horizontal for about seven years mm-hmm. and it is a wrinkly freaking mess and it is completely unusable for anything except cutting someone out from it um because it's just it it, it got it no it, it gets wrinkled and warped and destroyed if you store it horizontal because it's literally just the weight of the paper kind mm-hmm. of ovaling it, and then it you get all these wrinkly waves in it when you roll it out, and it looks bad. What else we got? 
paper cloth uh, in pop-ups you can also buy cloth just as a oh just like muslin backdrop. yeah cloth yeah, backdrop muslin. um mm -hmm. i have a couple of those um uh you kind of want to steam those because if you store them for long periods of time there's um, one behind me yeah <laughs> yep, you've you've got it behind you. Um, you, you do want to steam those if you store them for long periods of time, so they're a mm -hmm. little bit more high maintenance. That said, as long as you don't actually rip them, like you can wash them mm -hmm. um, and then put them back out. So muslin uh, is a good investment. I've just you know those like when you were a kid and you took your school photos that like muslin whatever scattered backdrop. Yeah. I don't like that look because it feels too Sears Portrait Studio. Mm -hmm. So I've never invested in it. Yeah, a muslin it, to me is, it's just slightly too annoying to be worth it, in my opinion. Like, I'm obvi mm -hmm. I obviously use it for the podcast here. Um, I've got this little setup, which works okay. Um, but but you're right, it gets wrinkled really easily. Um, for the This one is always stretched out, so that helps reduce wrinkles. But like on a normal backdrop stand, they tend to get really wrinkly. It's really hard to get all the wrinkles out, even if you stretch it, even if you put clamps on it um and they're often they're often just slightly too thin like manufacturers of muslin just cheap out all the time and even if you if try, there's any kind of light source behind it yeah. it won't actually block it out and you see the pinpoint of the light coming through it exactly. or whatever the color of the wall is behind it yeah and you could make the that. argument like just buy more expensive muslin but like i've bought a few different um muslin options just hoping that i wouldn't eventually you know need paper or vinyl and they've never even the better ones are still too thin this, this is a fairly thick muslin behind me and actually this is double stacked um to kill the light from a window that actually has the blinds closed on it so like i, ha I have to stack two of these and close the window in order to get rid of the light and it's not a direct like sun facing window even so it's it's just they're just too flimsy yeah. for for me um up against maybe a wall it could work out, but yeah, they're they're kind Speaking of, a, of backdrops, a wall, <laughs> literally a wall. <laughs> so um, yeah, there's there's psych walls which are amazing, mm -hmm. and I wish I had one, but I'm not gonna. And that's 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 a conversation for my therapist. No, um, <laughs> but uh, just wall? walls. Um, the other thing that we've done at studios is we had these. Um, basically we just built like temporary walls. We had these big, like 10 foot by 12 foot ish yeah. walls that on casters that we just kind of slid in or slid out of this. Granted, this was in like a 10,000 square foot studio. So we could house 15 to 20 of these fake walls. And then whenever a client needed one, um, instead of like building a new one, we would take the one that was either the oldest or the least used mm -hmm. and paint over it and do whatever the new client needed for that wall. And we've done this, um, for, like uh this is a fun one so you know costco those little mailers that you get saying this week's sale well what we do is we will shoot a studio set um and the studio set will be a real kitchen with a real countertop and a real backsplash with a fake wall with a window in it and then behind that wall is another fake wall that has trees and branches and stuff on it that's how we shot all our stuff for costco boom insider secret you're welcome yeah, um, if I, you've got the I'm space... pretty sure I was allowed to tell you that. <laughs> I mean, you're not under <laughs> NDA anymore. Right? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, if you've if you've got the space and and the means to to literally just make a physical 
you know a physical wall look how you want it to be like most that's of like us the ultimate. cannot afford that but no. that is an option it's like the only way to really do green screen well in my opinion like there's a bunch of pop-up green screens and cloth and paper and stuff but the the key that you can pull off of an actual uh, an actual cycle green wall is just so good like that's the only that's way true. to do it that's true if you're really serious um, and then, and then, of course, if we're talking about kind of sets, there's something we said for just having a natural set mm-hmm. where, um, obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, this ain't pretty behind me. Like, I've decided to dispense with the gray blank void and just kind of live in my closet, essentially. <laughs> um, but I, I don't have one of those super cool YouTuber sets with all the, like, accent lights and mm-hmm. and props and old cameras and, hey, maybe you can help me set up a set with a bunch of props and lights and old cameras. Anyway, um, so there, that is a thing you can do, too, of you can have a set, and I've seen, um, I've seen a lot of studios do that where they kind of have an alcove, and every single wall of the alcove has a different set or wall. So this looks like a crazy room as soon as you walk into it, but what it is designed for is you put your subject in the middle, and the camera just kind of rotates around them, and now you have three different looks. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, sets are awesome. Uh, the set is like the the next step up from painting a wall. <laughs> like let's build yeah. an entire environment and it I, is or the, just the way go outside. Go. Or yeah, I go mean, outside. there's that too. <laughs> get your uh, get your COVID shot and go outside. <laughs> I I prefer I prefer natural sets. Natural sets are great, but yeah. if we're talking about studio sets, um, I mean that is that is a thing I wanted to throw out there. Yeah. Um, can you think of any other materials? I can't. Uh, only variations of materials. Like, you know, you mentioned this earlier, the the, the kind of sears um, or, like, you know, school um, photo sets where they can have, like, different textures and splashes oh, yeah. of color and, like, fake brick prints and... There's stuff like that. Um, I have some sheets of acrylic that yeah. I mostly use for like product photos that have those kinds of things on it. Mm-hmm. It looked really weird to shoot a person on, but when you're trying to stage something to look like a kitchen and you don't have a full kitchen, just mm-hmm. having that like tile backsplash kind yeah. of like sells the effect. Yeah, you know, that can really work. So there's something to be said for those two. Um, but yeah, really, you need to be careful how you use them because you can really make it look very dated, like instantaneously that is true that is true all right um i think we've talked about materials for long enough uh let's talk about supports there uh i am a i have recorded the video and it will be coming out soon um where i basically just talk about here's all the sports here's all the pros and cons so if you want to see that in a video form you might have to wait a day or two depending on when you listen to this but go to my youtube channel check that out uh we will put a link in the description when it goes live um but you let's let's talk about some of them right now you might say it's a supportive uh, video ben it (laughs) so uh what is your favorite kind of support uh well i i recently got into auto pulls um based off of your recommendation and or very pulls depending on we'll talk about that soon we'll talk about that soon um that would probably be my favorite but let's go back a step (laughs) and i would say probably c stands overall um they're just so 
they're, 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 you can just do anything with a C stand, basically. You like, really it, can. Yeah. It, it, it so, is so... I have used C stands in so many different situations for so many different uses. I mean, I know we're talking about just supports today, uh, like for mm-hmm. backdrops, but... Um, but C stands are infinitely useful. They are kind of heavy, but they're built re- incredibly well, and you can use them for. But so that's much also the stuff. point. Yeah. Where when you have a really light stand and you put up a big backdrop, mm-hmm. a small gust of wind or you know push or something on it can knock that down. Versus a C stand ain't going anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Especially if you had some. Uh some weight to it it'll uh yeah it'll so stick around so um i definitely like c stands um they are my favorite that said c stands can get expensive i did a video on yes. c stands and there is not a lot of difference between kind of like the impact or newer c stands versus like the uh the you know matthews or avengers c stands mm-hmm. that said um i'm very very picky about my c stands I, I don't know why i just really am just the slightest bit of give or wobble and i will huck that out a window and be like no bad stand <laughs> yeah. um you're, you're not doing the thing you literally are for <laughs> No, Stay you there have and don't one move. job. Stop it. <laughs> um, like the Chinese ones, really bad. When mm-hmm. I tested six all next to each other, five of them were like, these are great. I don't know how much they cost, but I would use them. Mm-hmm. And the Chinese knockoff one was like, oh, no, run. This mm-hmm. is, I would not give this away because I would not inflict that on someone. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, Steetans can get expensive. Before that, I bought like the the thing you can buy on Amazon that for like super cheap that's just like a stand with a crossbar that has the big tripod legs. Done the same thing. Those mm-hmm. um, are a little bit flimsy because the material is usually not like the solid thing that like a C stand is. If they get dent or bent or whatever, it makes it really hard to collapse and put back up again. The footprint is a lot bigger. Huge There's footprint. um so so you are getting a budget deal thing, mm-hmm. but it's going to be super finicky like a budget deal thing. Yeah. Um, uh, pop-ups, uh, we kind of already talked about that in the material section, but pop-ups can be center-mounted on a clamp, which is what I do for one of my photo booths. Yeah. Um, they can be hung between C-stands. They can be hung from a crossbar. Um, they just have Velcro straps that you can tension them or hang them anything. however you want to or clamp them to the um to the support rod going around it yeah so those are infinitely useful um i th- uh we definitely want to talk about auto pulls in a second but i will throw one more in v flats v flats not only are good light modifiers but i have seen them uh used to great effect for uh backgrounds for photos if yeah. you need to like put someone in a corner you just set up a v flat yeah exactly or like we said before, with the in the painted wall section, um, literally a wall. Screw stuff into a wall. I mean, if you've got a wall available and you don't want to paint it or you don't want to make a set, um, you can add some sort of support or hook or uh, whatever on a wall, and that can That's be your true. support. Lucky you if you're able to do that, by the way. Um, I am yes. jealous. But, uh, yeah, literally a wall. So- is an option in support as it is in materials. (laughs) So let's assume that you, so in my studio, I actually, I had the option to like put a wall and I was this close to actually doing a psych wall in there, Mm -hmm. but I decided I needed the storage more, which took away that wall because I put shelves along it. So that brings us to the auto pull. If you have a floor and a ceiling or a rafter or whatever that you can tension rod the auto basically if you think about like a tension rod like a curtain rod the auto pull is just a vertical version of that Mm -hmm. 
Um, if you can tension rod your auto pulls in there, then you have a stand. You can put hooks on it. You can put clamps on it. You can put those really fancy roller chain things on it for like seamless paper. It just possibilities are infinite. It just gives you something to mount all of your stuff to. Um, so if you have a floor and a ceiling, so not vaulted, um, Mm -hmm. and less than, I want to say like 20 feet or something, I'm not sure, then those are a great option. You can buy extensions for auto pulls, but, um, they would start, I I feel like you're correct. Like they would start to get a little scary if they got, you know, much more than. Depends how much weight and how far you boom stuff out. And yeah. Yeah. Like you can buy extensions and make them comically long, but uh, I don't know about that. (laughs) So, um, we, I, I'm going to cut this one short on auto pulls because Mm. I just did a video talking about everything you need to know about autopulse so many autopulse um so for you podcast listeners i'm sorry we're done with autopulse now um They're but really they good. are Watch they the are video really and go good um here's here's <laughs> the 10 second version they give you zero footprint and they let you mount all the stuff that you can with more support than like a c stand or um any other kind of stand so if you can do it and you can swing the price of them highly recommend it good stuff what do we have next um, I, I don't know if we, do we have anything else to say about stands like those there's not too many things to talk about in this video i don't know um yeah i think that covers pretty much all of the support options i mean there are various other random things that you see um i've just like you know looked through bnh or looked through different um you know camera stores and there are different strange uh setups um we uh one is behind me basically just like crossbars in a in um yeah they're trying to get more inventive but yeah. these are all of the basic ones that you're gonna see over and over again and they all kind of yeah. have pros and cons some of those cons might be price uh some of those pros might be um if you are in a studio versus if you have to travel with it yeah. don't travel with an audible that's not gonna be fun um, yeah. it's so, a space know. where people try to innovate but uh, it never really nothing is really like dramatically compelling that's come out of the market <laughs> if you had to pick opinion. one forever c-stand and a sandbag yeah yeah for sure for sure c-stand is like the best investment of any support in basically any situation um and if you want to get fancy maybe look at autopulse but watch the video. <laughs> watch the video. <laughs> um, okay, but before we go, let's talk about colors because I actually did get a user question this week. The user question was, um, I want to buy um, backdrop colors. Mm-hmm. What colors should I get? And they started with pink because that's like their branding and mm-hmm. they have this hot pink, you know, backdrop. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I think you shouldn't buy colors unless asterisks on this one. Unless it is a color that is so, uh, in like instrumental to like you and your branding and all the things that you're going to use it all the time. Great. If you shoot a ton of video, buy a chroma green or buy a chroma blue. Like Mm -hmm. awesome. Um, if your branding is, uh, what was it? Gerald undone does the purple. Yeah. He does purple. Cool. Buy, buy purple. Cause like, that's your thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, or the other caveat is if a client's paying for it, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have a shoot where client needs this turquoise, whatever, go buy the turquoise, whatever, charge the client, 
now you have a roll of seamless paper. Um, I've actually picked up a lot of free paper by um, productions, buying the paper for the client, and then being like, we don't want to travel with this. Who wants it? Mm -hmm. And then I just mm -hmm. pick up like half a roll. Yeah. So you, you mentioned traveling with the uh, paper rolls. Um, I, I really wanted uh, I wanted to point out really quick that um, the uh, buying rolls of paper is kind of a hassle. The shipping on them is incredibly high, no matter pretty much where you buy them from online. So uh, although I am certainly very friendly to online gear purchases uh for paper look for your local camera store um in the seattle area we happen to have a, a pretty good one uh, that carries lots and lots of paper pretty easy to go and, uh, and get it uh glazers but uh wherever you are look for a local uh camera store or uh it may maybe not a camera store but find find whoever sells rolls of a uh, seamless paper in your area and buy from them you will actually save a lot of money buying in person because you're not shipping it for i mean sometimes like half the cost of the material like for a 60 dollar roll of seamless you're gonna pay at least 30 bucks in shipping um so you can save a ton literally like a whole if you're buying a couple rolls you're literally saving like a roll of paper worth of money um, by picking up in person. So definitely go that direction if you're going to buy some paper in the future. Absolutely. Local is king for some purchases that are just too ridiculously big. I know Amazon's thing is like, oh, free shipping. And there's a lot of other places that I buy from like B&H, like, oh, free shipping, except when it comes to paper. Yep. <laughs> um, so if you do live in the Seattle area, like the both of us do, Glazers. Glazers is a great Hashtag not sponsored. We just buy stuff from them. So, yep, there you go. Well, uh, what colors are those? Or, or, or is that paper, Ben? What colors, what colors are, are those? That's right. So user question, <laughs> what color should you buy? Um, I go off on tangents sometimes. I don't know if you've ever noticed or listened to this podcast or <laughs> so met <do> me. I. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I actually think you shouldn't get colors except mm -hmm. for all the caveats that I said earlier because here's what you can do. You get a white one so that you can go pure white. You mm -hmm. get a black one so you can go pure black. And you get a light neutral gray one. And if you want a color, then you get lights and gels. And now you have an infinite supply of all the colors of the rainbows that you can shine onto uh, that backdrop. Mm -hmm. That said, it might not look exactly the same as uh, buying the roll of that color of paper. But yeah. you're going to save so much space and money storing tiny little 12 inch uh gel grids versus uh i i don't know how many <laughs> like just for triple click i have what is it six to eight different kinds of backdrop colors could you imagine me setting up a different roll of paper every time someone wa like oh can i get a shot on the green one yeah, give me a second. Like, that's just not feasible versus just sliding a gel out of my barn door and sliding a new one in. Now the backdrop is a different color. Yeah. So. And you can um, get away with this with video as well. Like, you can do if you yeah. have a, 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 you'll need more output, um, certainly. Um, but if you've got some decently powerful RGB uh, uh, either panels or, or monolights, you can, you can totally do a gray backdrop and throw color on it and have it look good. Um, it might just be 
difficult to get the kind of output you need, but it's totally uh, that's possible. True. Yeah. So, so um, I would say kind of like top priorities mm-hmm. are a very first one you should get is either gray or white, depending mm-hmm. on kind of the thing you shoot. Because if you light a white, it's white. If you don't light a white, it's gray. Mm-hmm. Um, versus black, it's very hard to turn black into anything else. Black is going to stay black for yeah. the most part. But if you want something to be completely black in the background, gray, you don't light it, it turns black. Versus you do light it, you can blow it out and you can try and get it to white, but you might have a cleaner white with less kind of blowout and blooming with yeah. the highlights kind of wrapping around your subject. Uh, if you had a white backdrop instead of trying to blow out a gray one. So that's kind of the spectrum of white, gray, black, um, and kind of what do you shoot most? Those are kind of the ones that you should buy. Um, When it comes to colors, the reason why I say shoot colors on a gray is if you shoot them on a black, it's still going to kind of look black. You're not getting that much out of it. If you shoot it on a white, it's going to look very Easter pastel Um, it's not going to be that dark, rich saturation that you would get from putting a sweep of seamless paper. You shoot on a gray, now you're talking. You can actually get some of those deep, rich colors, um, and the more light output that you have, the less saturation you have, so you'll have to play with kind of how many lights and spreads and power output to get the exact kind of color you want. So it might be a little bit more finicky, But again, it's a hell of a lot cheaper than buying paper. So if you don't have the storage space or budget, that's my recommendation. Otherwise, go nuts. Go, go, you know, to your local camera shop. Come (laughs) home with 10 rolls of paper. Gray, black, white, chroma, chroma (laughs) green or blue if you're doing that stuff. Or whatever is key to your brand or your client. Is yeah. Like, <laughs> um, a friend of mine did a project where he bought yellow because he was shooting hundreds of portraits and they all had to have a yellow backdrop of like, yeah, yeah obviously yeah. just buy the paper for that one. So yeah. there we go. We have talked so much about backdrops. I did not know there was that much to talk about. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised. Yeah. For is, all, all this discussion over something that most people will totally not notice never think and about or ignore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any any kind of uh parting thoughts or tips on backdrops? Um yeah, uh watch the autopole video and buy autopoles. <laughs> <laughs> you are in love with autopoles now, aren't I you? I am. I am a convert. You're like you're like check out autopoles, dude. They're really cool. And I was like, "Okay." They uh and they they're are. so good. They're so good. Um I will say if you if you don't have a studio space and you just like shoot in your living room or something and you're a renter, not an owner, mm-hmm. otter poles are amazing. O- otter poles. <laughs> <laughs> Auto poles are, or very poles, depending on the brand you get, are incredible because um, they don't damage any of your stuff and yep. they have less footprint. So if you have a small, like, studio apartment that you're renting, you can set it up literally just an inch or two off the wall. You have zero footprint that you would have with, like, a C stand or a tripod. And you're not damaging anything. So, no, they're just, they're incredible. A little bit pricey, but in my opinion, if, Pretty if close to that's C-stands, the though. thing that you need, they're, not too they're crazy. worth it. Pretty close to yeah. C-stands. Good C-stands. So, yeah. Good C-stands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Caveat. Good C-stands. But it's worth checking out. Again, watch the video and buy auto pulls or very pulls or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. And gray paper or vinyl if you're rich. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, got, thank you got for that joining YouTuber us money! on this backdrop uh, journey. Uh, hopefully, that helps helped inform and um, and uh, reform your thinking around uh, your backdrop selection or your backdrop build out. Um, and it'll help give you something for people to ignore for many, many projects to come. <laughs> <laughs> Throw us a rating, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us. If you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo-op.show. Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at non-creative. As in om nom nom. Share this with a friend, and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold. Or download it. Because it's free.